0: Welcome to Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Being a fireman, father, veteran, husband, world record holder, and Ironman, he brings stories of experience to impact your life while challenging you to live it. What do you want from your life? Why do you want it? Are you willing to go through the challenges to get there? If you have the courage to take that first step, let this podcast be the catalyst to start your fire while you bring the resilience to make it continue to burn. Our lives are made up of moments called right nows. So let's get started. Forged in the Fires podcast with your host, Fireman Rob, begins now. We get the same.
1: Welcome back to Forged in the Fires with your host, Rob Verhelst, otherwise known as Fireman Rob. Today I have a guest. His parents must have known what he was going to get into when he was young because they named him Will. He is now Willpower Harris. He's an international best selling author. He worked for Zig Ziglar. He has been the Motorola Director of Global Sales, and now he is impacting millions and millions of lives throughout the globe. Will, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Rob. I appreciate it. Well, you know, we had a challenge of technology getting into this, but we overcame it. And here we are. I want to talk about, you have so many great quotes and I've watched so many of your videos. Just finding out more of how you transitioned yourself into this, this powerful person about talking about willpower, really on perspective.
2: Sure. So, well, first of all, I believe that when you are true to your authentic self, when you don't walk around trying to be like a good somebody else and knock off somebody else, that life would take you down this path. So it really, when I look back on it, that one step was a major leap out of the norm. It was just a continuing process of me trying to stick to myself. So started off in the uh, motivational world with Mr. Ziegler, and I wanted to be a motivational speaker, Rob. (laughs) <laughs> I wanted to get up there. <laughs> I wanted to hear them scream my name. <laughs> and like in one of my sessions, I even have it so that I have one group of people say will and Another group of people say power. So they're like, will, power, will, power. And then one group, I just have them saying, will, 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 will. And so I get a whole group of people just screaming my name.
1: <laughs> That's a great day.
2: It's <laughs> a great day. That's how I started off. But I started telling other people's stories and it felt Less authentic because it wasn't my story. So I left the Zig Ziglar Corporation and figured I would get into sales training. And from there, I climbed up the corporate ladder and ended up working and for Motorola Solutions, traveling all over the world. And in 2012, I peaced out because they told me to leave, but in the nicest of ways. <laughs> I got laid off because that's when Motorola Solutions was starting to go through their down period. And my last day at Motorola, I flipped and made them my clients. And that's amazing. it was like my dream job then because I didn't have to keep any of the stuff I didn't like, only my passion. And um, I was just rocking and rolling from there.
1: That's crazy. Certain things in life happen for a reason. And a lot of times we're not meant to know, but you knew because you actually turned them into a client. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one of the things that I, I love, and you've had this in a few of your different videos was use what you love to fight what you hate. Right. Tell us more about what that means.
2: Okay. So I believe that the key to finding your life purpose, the key to being the most successful you can be is your emotions. So I'll tell you a story of how that that came about. There was a lady in Seattle and I worked with her husband at Motorola and she became sad, depressed because she was mid-level manager at Microsoft and she got sick and the doctors didn't know what was wrong with her she just couldn't work so her dream her passion had always been to be like a manager in a nice organization and now her dream was gone so this lady was getting depressed and depressed and depressed and her husband knew that i was into you know positivity so he asked me to speak to her when i was coming through seattle so i said to the lady i said i don't know anyone who used the formula that I'm about to tell you, who didn't have happiness on their saddest day, didn't have all the money that they wanted eventually, and didn't wake up every day, every day, feeling like they were contributing to the world. And the lady said, Well, well, what is it? What is that that formula? And I said, use what you love to fight what you hate. Use what you love to fight what you hate. What's something that you love to do? That requires a skill because you may love being with your friends, right, Rob, and your family, but that doesn't require a skill. And then what's something that you hate, an evil in the world, an injustice that when you see it and you start talking about it, people are like, okay, Rob, we get it. Just calm down. Calm down. (laughs) We know it's bad. It sucks. (laughs) You see the fire. (laughs) You see the fire, right? But you have to hate that thing as much as you love that other thing, that thing that you love so much that you would do for free. Right. And when you combine the two, boom that's the passion. So for this lady, her love was cookies, pastries, baking. That was her love, her passion. And the thing that she hated, the thing that would make her cry, she couldn't even watch it on TV, was any time that she saw battered spouses, battered women, people who were beat up and abused. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you normally don't put cookies and getting your butt whipped together at the same time. You just wouldn't do that, right? No. Because that's the way our human mind works. But my mind is a little crazy, Rob. So I said, why don't we do this? Use what you love to fight what you hate. Why don't you start baking cookies, pastries for the local battered women's shelter and donate those to them? And she did that. And when she did it, she immediately had joy. Immediately. Because she was doing her passion and and felt like she was contributing. And then the local news did a report on her. Ex-Microsoft executive donates time and cookies to charity. The Bill Gates Foundation gave her a grant. So now, this lady who was sad and depressed had turned around and created an organization that she was managing strictly because she used what she loved to fight what she hated.
1: Wow. You said it perfectly that... A lot of times we don't put those two together because we have them on such polar opposite ends.
2: Yeah. And people think they can't make money from it. Oh, I love this, but I sure wish I could make money on it. It's like yin and yang. Right. You got to have both. I think the keys to what you were meant to do are your emotions because I'm the only child. But I hear and I have seen that brothers and sisters can grow up in the same house, but they have different passions. Their emotions are different. And I think that's the key that's been planted somewhere in our DNA, that if you look at those things that make you the ultimate upset and those things that you have the ultimate passion for, that's a clue for you to look and see how do you put that together? Because eventually you're going to make you some money, Rob. You're going to make you some money too. Yeah. (laughs) You're not going to start off Richie Rich. You remember Richie Rich? You ain't going to start off like Richie Rich. Oh yeah. But uh, you're eventually going to get there. Just most people stop because they self-judge themselves or they never think about putting together the thing that they hate. So that's where that came about.
1: And it's perfect because if you go to willpowerharris.com, you can see it right first and foremost, right in the front. And this speaks to that point of that uniqueness of every single person making your best better because it is really about finding your uniqueness and taking that and accentuating that, right? Boom, there you go. And you know, when you go on that site, you can see you have a multitude of books. I'm not a great reader. 11, <laughs> Eleven.
2: I got 11, 11 books, Rob. And guess what? I don't even like reading. I don't like reading.
1: It must be a common thing for writers because I don't like reading either. (laughs) I think it's a common thing for men in general. Yes. Like there's a lot of men that don't like
2: reading. But I do audio books too for other people who are like me.
1: Yep. Now out of that 11 books, what is your favorite one? That's always a hard one to pick.
2: Yeah. The one I'm going to write next.
1: (laughs) Uh, See, I knew you'd have a good comment for it. The one I write next.
2: (laughs) But to answer your question, willpower now is my favorite out of all of them, mostly because it was my first one. And also use what you love to fight what you hate. That's the first time I mentioned that concept. And the next series of books that I bring out, are going to be centered around that. I love it. But power prospecting is my favorite business. Willpower now is my favorite motivation. Power prospecting is my favorite business one, because that's all about how you make that money. Show me the money.
1: Show me the money. You know, and getting, I guess, deeper into that, you have an amazing business and I I love it. Your parents had to know that you were going to get into this by naming you Will. I know. That's cool, right? (laughs) It's perfect. Thank
2: you, mommy. Thank
1: you, daddy. I was like, Rob Power. It can't, it doesn't work the same. (laughs) I've tried. I've tried. But when you talk about your sales, I love your core values. When I want to get into those a little more, because on that Willpower Harris website, uh, willpowerharris.com, you know, one of the things right above where you talk about your five core values, you have this quote It says, having at least one goal that's never complete prevents you from giving up too soon. There you go. I need that quote. (laughs) You can take it. You can take it. I love it. I love it. Tell me more about where that came from, though.
2: Well, I like studying successful people and also study people who are unsuccessful. So to give you an example, I read Letters from a Birmingham Jail by MLK, and I also read Mein Kampf. I read them both. Wow. So in the studying of people, you look at people anywhere from Winston Churchill, his greatest time arguably professionally, was doing World War II. You look at Gandhi in India, and his most popular time was when the British held him. There are a lot of people in India who do not like Gandhi, which blew me away because we grew up on like, you know, Gandhi the movie, the Oscar winning movie. right? But when you look at people throughout history, even Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights and him trying to find his place afterwards, so overall, I just started to notice a trend that you need to have a goal that goes so big that you're always striving for it. Because once you hit it, you can become stagnant. You can become complacent. And that really move forward. Um, it just becomes subtle. Just like retirement. People work all their lives just so they can retire. And then everybody dies. Everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> like quick. It's like super quick. Right. Right. Like, oh, I'm not retiring. So it started off with me saying I'm not retiring. And then it start, then it went to what are those goals that are so overarching that 200 years after I'm dead, I'm no more that people are still working on it and it's still having an impact. So some people are just trying to make it through their day, Rob, and they're not going to understand what I'm saying. Look, sir, I'm just trying to make it through today. Other people are trying to do well just for them and their families this lifetime. But I think the next level, and you kind of see that in the way I live my life, the way I run my business and the way I treat people, is I'm trying to do things. So the 200 years after I'm dead, that everything that I touch is still growing, helping
1: and impacting the planet in some way. That's amazing. And speaking to that point, and we'll get to these five core values, but I think one of the biggest things that I saw that you lead by example in is your foundation. And I really want to highlight that because you put in the forefront of not just starting it, but you actually contribute a lot to it. And one of your videos that says that you contribute half of the money that you make to it, that's putting that action where it needs to be. And tell me more about your foundation and how it contributes to that, like you were saying, that long lasting impact. Sure.
2: So when I worked for Mr. Ziegler, who was absolutely a wonderful, wonderful man, he was the first superstar that I ever met who actually lived his message. And no matter what your message is, you may not agree with the the speaker or the leader. But when people actually believe what they say and they back it up by actions, that's when you have the real magic comes through. So what Mr. Ziegler, he taught me to not just speak the message, but live the message. So living the message, I think the greed. I talk about this in uh, Willpower Now, that first book. Don't get me wrong, Rob. I love me some money. OK, I got on a custom made suit right now. You open it up and it says custom tailored for willpower. So nobody's ever going <laughs> to steal my jacket. Either. They're not going to steal my
1: jacket. Well, you could send that to me. I'll wear it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I believe in living a message and greed is taking more than you give. So if greed is taking more than you give, then that means if I want to make a million dollars, then I need to make two and I need to give one away. So that philosophy is the one that led to me doing the humanitarian work that you see.
1: And I love it because, you know, some of the efforts that you're doing are women empowerment, children, education, poverty. I saw one where I believe I'm not sure where the school was, but all the kids were screaming willpower, willpower. And you could tell that you got a little emotional from that because of the power of being able to reach across those lines and being able to go into different countries and impact their lives. What does that mean to you to be able to do that?
2: So I'm going to give that answer, Rob, in a way so that it can be relatable to everybody. So right now in our country, we're dealing with the recent incident with George Floyd, right? And Black Lives Matters is front of scene. And my wife and son participated in. I had like three, five speeches yesterday and my wife and son went to a protest march. Well, the way I feel is that we are built in a way where the opposite is supposed to help the other group that I can run around because I'm I'm a black man. Since this is audio, people may not know, but I am black. So I'm a black man. If I run around, be nice to black men. Well, that's kind of self-serving, right? Because I am a black man. But to have White people running around saying it, then that message becomes a little bit more powerful. Then people start to listen because, Hey, one group has nothing to gain by what they're doing. So when I reach out for women empowerment, that's because I'm a male. So. I'm trying to make it forefront that if you consider me successful or if I'm considered the boss, first of all, I need to be paying everyone the same. If you have a male and a female in the same role, they need to be making the same amount of money based on their job role, skill, and talent. So that's where that came from. So anything that has to deal with women, child education, and poverty, lifting up people in poverty, trying to educate children and women empowerment i'm all for that because until everyone in our society is has the same ability to go up we're never ever ever going to be the best we can be
1: i love those comments those are very valuable and they speak exactly to what your core values are because one of your core values are are we are one we care about everyone because we believe we are one yep how did you come up with your core values because i think when i'll actually say all five of them creating pathways we are one kindness truthfulness And commitment. Where did these kind of originate from?
2: Okay. So a few years back, I sat down with the leaders in my team that worked for me. And I said, we need to come up with core values. And I wanted core values that related to Willpower Harris as a brand that also agree with the way I live life. Because there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than somebody that's angelic in the public and then kicking cats behind closed doors, right? <laughs> nothing worse than that. Yes, that's nothing like, Oh my god. Nothing I mean, like all <laughs> the names come to mind. <laughs> all of the people that we see on TV, they were like, oh, that's America's daddy. America's daddy is horrible right behind yeah. closed doors. <laughs> horrible. I don't want that daddy. I don't want that daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're going to be a jerk, you got to be an authentic jerk. Be a jerk in public and be a jerk behind closed doors. But it's when your brand doesn't match up to your behavior that people go crazy. So again, I told you, Rob, I study people. So I figured I'm going to be around for a little while. Let me make sure I do this right. So the team and I sat down and just start talking about my different beliefs. And I believe my goal in life should always be to lead the horse to water, to lead the horse to water. It has to be a path for that horse to get to that water there's no path, then the water is going to die of thirst. If the horse gets there and the horse is dumb and the horse says, I'm not drinking this good, clean water. I just rather die of (laughs) thirst. I'm going to step over that dead (laughs) horse, Rob, and keep on walking. Okay. Yep. So I don't believe that I have to save people, but I do believe that I need to contribute to there being pathways for people to be saved. So that's where creating pathways came from. So I just stopped there.
1: I like the creating pathways because it is so true. You know, when you're, when you're a speaker, I think when I started out, it was like, oh, I've got to change people's lives and I've got to make an impact on every single person. And then you look at it as though, like you're saying that authenticity, I think is the biggest part of being a speaker as well as, you know, sales. And once you have that authenticity, you go in there with the idea of, I'm going to offer them a journey that they can go on, but they have to live it themselves. Absolutely. Now, when you go to, we are one, What does that mean in your business as well as in your life? So I don't know. It's like who can argue with
2: do unto others as you would have them do unto to you. Right. Nobody but me. (laughs) 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 Okay, I think JC JC had something good going on. I just think that 2000 years later, we need to revise that a little bit to do unto others the way they prefer you to do unto them, because everyone doesn't want to be treated the same way. So in order for me to truly understand the way Rob wants to be treated, I have to see life through Rob's situation, through his eyes. That means I have to understand where he's come from. It means I have to be one with my customer, with my client. And that just look for someone to buy the solutions that I'm offering. But for me to go out and find out what problems they have, and then build a solution based on that problem. So the we are one concept from a business, you're going to make more money that way. When you start looking at the world through the lens of your customer, like you are them. And from a humanitarian standpoint, we're on the same planet together. If pollution is here killing me, we're breathing the same air. There is no liberal air, conservative air, rich people air, poor people air if you stand in the same (laughs) spot.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. It's all the same air. It's all the same air. So we are one stems from that. And that leads right into that that kindness factor. I love the way that you reposition that because it is so important to understand who you're talking to as well as as well as in the business world who you're selling to, because it's not just selling one widget to every single person. It's selling an adaptation of that widget to that person that needs it. And so you look at kindness. That is a huge factor that I think a lot of people are having troubles with now. What would you say to how do people accentuate that in their lives? Well,
2: I think that we have to ask ourselves a question. And the biggest question we have to ask is, what are we doing? What are we doing, Rob? What am I doing? And what are you doing? What are you doing to make sure you aren't raising a kid that's going to grow up and kill mine? And what am I doing to make sure that I'm raising a kid that's not going to grow up and kill yours? Because all the kids are ours. All of them are ours. So when you start off, with a mindset of how can I teach kindness in my children or the people I have an influence or impact on. It grows from there. When my son was, I think it was nine years old, we did a kindness corner outside my house. It was winter time, we got up a little earlier, we had hot chocolate and we had signs that said, free hot chocolate, free hot cocoa, (laughs) free hugs. This is before coronavirus, okay? So we, we have to do virtual <laughs> virtual fist pumps three right hugs now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fill out this background check too. And you only can hug me and my kid. But <laughs> we also had honk to say hi. So cars will come by. So in the morning, when you normally hear horns like, Yeah, I'm my Hurry up in the rush, and we started to hear horns that meant, Hey, hi, how are you doing? And it was just a, a great feeling that we did. And that transferred over to my employees around kindness. like Do the kindest thing. That, that's it. Do the kindest thing. Right. For my volunteers, the Willpower Warriors and our humanitarian group, they have to take an oath to come in. And the oath is, I promise to be kind to myself and others. So I'm not just going to walk around being a fool, being super kind <laughs> to you at my expense. I'm starving to death You get all my money. No, I'm not going yeah. <laughs> to let you walk all over me. We're in a relationship. And you taking advantage of me, like boo-boo the clown. Wait, didn't no. you just
1: say that you're going to walk over that horse to water? Shouldn't you have you led him to water?
2: <laughs> That's what was my point. I led the dumb horse to the water, and the horse refused to drink. So oh, I got to okay. be kind to myself. You stay there right. watching someone refuse to drink that water. Now you being unkind to you.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I had to bring back the horse.
2: I liked it. I like how you roped that back in. That's
1: pretty good. <laughs> So the next one we go into is truthfulness. And now with being married for 22 years, you understand the powerful aspect of truthfulness. Absolutely. How did that habit, how do you create that habit to be a constant in your relationship as well as in your business life?
2: Well, here's the deal. As a consultant, I get paid well to tell people the truth, the truth in such a way that it doesn't anger them, but inspires and excites them. I have to tell someone the truth. As a consultant, I need the truth to work with. If you're hiding things or concealing things or afraid of things, how can I help you? That's like going to a doctor and like, I'm sick, but you got to guess what it is.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's not
2: going to go too well. That's not going to go too well. No. So so the truth is important, but also the truth in terms of don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. The majority of people that I run into really have a false impression of their greatness. If you ask me, Rob, Will, where do you suck? I got a list. If you ask me, Will, where are you awesome? I got a list for that, too. I got a list for all the areas that I suck at and all the areas I'm wonderful at. So I'm very truthful to myself about who and what I am and the areas I can fall down. Like the funniest thing ever, my wife was... (laughs) My wife was telling me about a, an employee she had like a decade ago, and they had to do an evaluation on what was an area of improvement. And this lady put down nothing. Like, I'm perfect in everything. I'm the best. I'm the best this that anybody ever made. I'm perfect. And my wife, you know, was kind of friends with the lady. It's like, why did you put down that you're perfect in everything? And she's like I'm not going to look at any of my faults or tell anybody my faults. But that was her mindset. Now, right. <laughs> you fast forward 10 years and I can tell you that lady's professional career didn't work out too well. Yeah, I can imagine. So that's that's what's going on with truth. And you really need to have the truth. It's almost like a puzzle. You can't fix a puzzle with partial pieces. You have to know everything. And like you said, I have been married for 22 years and we dated for 5, so it's 27 altogether. Wow. So, truth and honesty, when you make a mistake, you say so. You don't have egos. You put it out there. You accept, I was wrong. You were right. Let's fix this. And next time I listen to you, honey, because you're smarter than me in this area.
1: (laughs) There's that humbleness, too, right?
2: (laughs) And as a leader in my company, my employees, I do the same thing. Like, if someone's idea is better than mine, okay, no, forget my idea. Yours is better. Well, if I make a mistake, I say that because one of my favorite quotes that I heard from a comedian was that with kids, if you're raising children, if you're lucky, they're going to do 80% of what you do right, 80%. But they're going to do 100% of what you do wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: it's so true. Me
2: As a leader, if I'm not taking responsibility for my actions, if I'm not saying the truth, or when I make a mistake, or when I didn't, or when something's my fault, then they're going to mirror that behavior. And my organization is not going to continue to grow. It's global now. I started off as a one-man army, just me. And now I have a global team that stretches from Bali to
1: Baltimore. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And that's the, you know, you get to that. The final one of commitment is that commitment. And it's a lifetime commitment to all the things that you just previously mentioned that kind of correlate into that bigger purpose of making your best better.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, at the root of it, it's really a seed for kindness, Rob, because kind people are always kind. They're not just kind when they first meet you or kind on Tuesday. They're kind all the time. And commitment, I really wanted people to know, because when I talk to my clients, I tell them, listen, you can contact me five years from now. And I'm going to still be there for you. It's not just because of right here right now. I love my job. I would do it for free. You can always reach back out to me via email, phone, text, social media. I'm everywhere. If you have a problem or challenge, I have a lifetime commitment to you because if you came in my life, if I saw you or you saw me, then that means we were meant to see and be with each other. So when you have that, so you can have employees that can come and leave and go somewhere else, but they always feel like they're a willpower warrior, no matter where they go. You can have uh, mentors that come in and out of your life. You can have friends that come in and out of your life in terms of how long and how much time you spend together. But when there's a lifetime commitment, like my mother growing up, her friends, they didn't talk to her every day, but they knew when I'm in trouble, give Irene a call. If I need help, give Irene a
1: call. (laughs) That's a perfect way of putting it. I love it. And uh, Will, you are an amazing individual. And I want to also have people understand where they can connect with you, as well as you have a great program out there at get bigger You can, for the people that are in the sales industry or even individuals like myself who are entrepreneurs, tell us more about that website and what you're promoting on that website.
2: Yeah. Social selling, social selling, the ability to be able to connect with people. In an awesome way, virtually, and make you some money. So, social selling, uh, in the, sh- the the shortest of definition, is the ability to meet a stranger, a total stranger, and take that stranger through a process where they become your client, and you make money. Not too many people know how to do that. So GetBiggerClients.com is the website where, and it's always evolving. So no matter when your listeners hear this, they can always go back and see something different because the ability to reach people virtually, you have to stay on top of your game for that. You gotta have a process that nurtures the relationship that earns you the right to sell. You just can't connect with somebody on LinkedIn be like, hey, glad we connected. Can you buy, I wanted to sell you and I I just... (laughs) Like, what? What the? I yeah. mean, you wouldn't do that to somebody. It's social selling. That's, so you have to be yeah. social.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like dating. I mean, you don't just go up to somebody and say, hey, you want to be my wife? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> well, it, it depends on the country. It depends on the country. Yes, oh, always true. Work, that's
1: true. I... But
2: it's not going to work in ours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey will it has been such a pleasure to talk to you I love on your when you go to your Amazon thing it is true that you are proof that where there's a will there is a way I, I appreciate you talking I always end all my sessions with the same thing I have three questions then we have a rapid round I don't give you the questions ahead of time because I like to make you sweat a little <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: awesome. All right here's the first question are you ready
2: mm-hmm. all right here
1: we go what is one thing that you haven't done? But is outside of your comfort zone. Skydiving, definitely. I'll take. Yeah, you. I'll take you. You come up here to Wisconsin. I'll take no, you. No,
2: no. Because if I jump out first, you may get some pee in your face.
1: Because I'm going to pee on myself. <laughs> maybe. No. No. Well, then we'll we'll make sure the order is correct. <laughs> yes. There we go. <laughs> so you already gave me one quote, but I want another quote. What is what is one of your other favorite quotes and why?
2: I'm going to say Jim Rohn. You have to be good at two things: either planning in the spring or begging in the fall.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that needs no explanation right there mm. alright this last one is going to be a little tricky being a fireman for uh, 21 years now if you had to pick three people to have coffee with at a firehouse table they can be deceased or alive who would they be and why in a firehouse table anything you can you can ask anything
2: Jesus Krishna and Buddha
1: <laughs> that do you think they all drink coffee
2: they're going to have to it's my fantasy it's my- <laughs> drink up
1: who do you think would get more more energy with the coffee
2: i think jesus i think he was kind of a little hyper he may have a little adhd going on with him i can kind of relate
1: like the the highland grog coffee yeah (laughs) yeah i I love it i love it all right here's the rapid run i'm gonna give you two things all you gotta give is your quick answer to one all right you ready yep all right paper or plastic paper super salad salad mcdonald's or taco bell oh jesus god Krishna Buddha, help me. I wish.
2: Uh,
1: I could, It's just, mm, it's like, if you only different. didn't have a lot of coffee. <laughs> McDonald's,
2: I guess. McDonald's. All
1: right. Camping or hotel?
2: Hotel. I'm bougie. I'm bougie. <laughs> 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 mm. Fly
1: or drive then? Fly. Sleep in late or wake up early?
2: Wake up early. Definitely. Are you a
1: run or a walk?
2: I'm going to walk very fast
1: unless I'm Chase. Okay. (laughs) Now this one, I want to, I don't know which way you'll go on this one. Partly sunny or partly cloudy? (sighs) Sunny. Partly sunny. Okay. Fire or water? Careful. You know who you're talking to. (laughs) Yeah, definitely water. Definitely water. Uh. (laughs) Ah. All right, here's here's one that I, I don't I'm, I'm going to guess the water. It puts out the fire. I know, but you want The fire is, you know, it can be put many different ways.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you're a firefighter, not a fire starter.
1: <laughs> well, true, Okay, I'm sorry. but when I speak, I'm a fire starter. It has to be quick. <laughs> no, no, this is Boom. fine. This is fine.
2: That's nice.
1: All right. Here, Boom. That's nice. Here's the next one. Okay. Use a porta potty or continue or drive run to the next physical bathroom.
2: This really all depends on time. That answer just yeah. based on time. But I'm gonna say the first one. I'm gonna say porta potty. I'm that that bougie.
1: Nice. I like it. I like it. I like it. That that puts you in a different level. <laughs> Coke or Pepsi?
2: Pepsi, because my sister in law works for Pepsi, and she's gonna hear this. So Pepsi, of course, Pepsi. There you Pepsi go. The oh, Pepsi. of
1: course, of course. We'd like to give a shout out to Pepsi. Yeah. Go big or go home. Go big, definitely. I love it. I love it. Well, Will Will Willpower Harris, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a great honor. If you want to find out more about Will and a lot of different things that he has from his books to having him come and speak as a keynote speaker or seminars, willpowerharris.com or you can go to getbiggerclients.com to actually increase your sales. Find out more about all this stuff. Will, thank you so much for coming on today. Rob, you truly are a fire starter. I like it. I like it. I like it. (laughs) Well, thank you everybody for listening today and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Thanks for listening and supporting the Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Remember, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast and please share this episode with a friend or family. To find out more about Fireman Rob or reach out about a question, go to www.firemanrob.com. Until next time, live your life Forged in the Fires.